Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Always and Forever, the doggone truth on rescue. Tonight, we have with us three special guests, which is the most in history for us. So there's actually five of us sitting in my little kitchen. Thank you, Sai. Five of us sitting in my little kitchen recording this episode, which is extremely important. It's actually getting posted before our two previous episodes for season two that have been recorded but have not been posted yet because this is the most important topic that we need to cover at this moment. So with that said, I'd like to introduce our guest. We have Judy, Sarah, and Shelby. If you could each just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you started with Always and Forever in your current position with the farm. Um, we'll start with Sarah. Hello. I actually found the farm in 2018. Um, I'd lost a dog that I had for quite a long time and looking around for another one. And Priya popped up on Pet Finder, a big black lab. I love big black labs with gray muzzles. So I started doing a little research and I'm like, how cool is this that a rescue is actually taking in all the dogs that other people don't want? The old dogs, the sick dogs, the, the ones that may not have a chance otherwise. So when I was ready to go get a, actually look at a dog, we went and we were actually looking for a small dog because my other dog only likes small dogs. We ended up bringing Priya home, so an 80-pound small dog. So we volunteered, did donations, things like that for quite a while. I had a car accident in 2019 that kind of derailed my professional career. (laughs) I had an opportunity to start driving and doing vet runs for the barn, so I did that. That was in 2021, probably when I wasn't driving with hand controls anymore. (laughs) Drove for quite a while, and then last summer I got asked to manage a barn and then a different barn. And so I did those for a little while. And now I'm back to vet driving. I'm Judy. I've been with Always and Forever since about two months after the doors opened in 2018. And I came there because I wanted to do something with dogs after I retired. But doing something with dogs in a shelter or a pound is very, very sad. You want to take everyone home. You hate it that they're unhappy in their conditions. I heard about Always and Forever before it ever opened. I showed up and it was the peaceful, happy place I was looking for. And I don't think I ever looked back. I started out scooping poop and washing dishes and laying around on couches with dogs. And then one day I rode along on a vet drive and I found my moment. So since then, I've put probably 80,000 miles on two different cars and earned the loathing of my husband. And it's just an adventurous life. But I, I love always and forever because deep down, no matter how crazy the day is, it makes you happy. Exactly. And we will be bringing you both back for another episode just on vet rides and kind of digging in that a little bit deeper. I'm sure you have a ton of stories on animals that you've helped rescued to and from the vets, funny, sad and everything in between. So we can't wait to have you back for that. And then lastly, but not least, we have Shelby back with us tonight. So if you could introduce us. Absolutely. Um, I'm Shelby and I am the uh, fundraising coordinator for Always and Forever. So I may have told this story last time I was on, but uh, I've always been a big sucker for the seniors. So I had a senior dog I adopted when she was 10, lost her when she was 13. So she was the greatest dog ever. I had a friend of mine who tagged me in a Facebook post one day and was like, Shelby, they're living our dream. Because her and I had always talked about buying a farm 
and taking all the old animals. And, and sure enough, that's what happened. So I went to one of the first orientations. I think it was like the three month. They used to do birthday parties every month back then for the dogs. And of course, I got lost. I passed the place twice. So I was late, but got there and then got added to the volunteer group and people were talking about fundraisers. And so I offered my services for a couple things. And that's been kind of the end of it. After that, it was like, hey, want to put on a gala? I was like, sure, when? In three months. Sure, why not? So we'll talk more about fundraisers and galas and stuff. But yeah, that's that's what I do. And then foster fail all our FIV positive cats, apparently. So that's my job. And I can't forget to introduce the co- our co-host, Sarita Napalu. Hey, Sai. Hey, hey, hey. She'll be coming in um, a little bit later. Like I said, there's five of us here with four mics. Bear with us. So why we are here tonight is there is a current situation with the homestead, and we need all of our listeners' help. And so I'm going to have Judy and Sarah kind of dive into that with what is going on. Can you guys kind of fill us in on upcoming events and what we need our listeners to do and just kind of the whole situation with the homestead right now. I think Jen has already shared with all of our followers the fact that we bought 40 acres adjacent to uh, the, f- the present barn. And our plan is a giant, big, audacious plan, but we are so, so close to success on this. And this is the time when we need everybody, whether they're volunteers, whether they're staff, whether they're people who live near us in Miami County or live around the world who follow us every day, to get behind us and support us because we have one big giant hurdle in front of us and that is we have to have our plan for the homestead to be approved by the Miami County Planning Commission. There are two meetings coming up. One of them is April 4th, and there's a second meeting on April 26th. It's our job, every one of us who has benefited from the the vision of Jen and Always and Forever to show the difference between us and your normal run-of-the-mill sad animal shelter. We are a very special place, and we have a very special plan in mind. And it's our job to support that vision and that dream for the sake of all the dogs that have gone before and all the dogs that are coming forward. And I know the hurdle is there's some opposition within the community that believe this wouldn't be a good asset to bring into Spring Hill. Can we go over some of the negatives that people are trying to make and how it's actually a positive? Um, Yeah. Right now, we're trying to put buildings on there to save dogs. One of the buildings is going to be the Miami County Pound. The alternative, we could take that 40 acres and divide it out and build a subdivision there. And you could have 40 different families living there with 40 different vehicles coming out every day and causing more traffic than we're going to cause on the homestead. We could may have to sell it. Maybe a warehouse comes in instead, and that's going to create a lot of truck traffic. They're going to just level that place. Right now, you can't even see that anybody's up there. Uh, There's trees. It's blocked from the road. The view's blocked. And if a warehouse came in, yeah, it would just probably devastate the area, actually. If you haven't gotten a chance to go up and walk a dog or be on it, is that if those subdivisions came in, and I came from a small town. And I'm seeing that now when I go back home of these old farms getting divided into subdivisions and just going back and seeing that just takes away that special feel of a connection to the land, your memories and everything else. So even the thought of a subdivision, happy for families that they're moving to Spring Hill, but it just takes away that connection to the land and the whole aura of that road. 
the farm and its nature. You go there to watch the sunsets. You go there to just find peace. So shut your eyes and imagine if you were someone and and we told you that uh, an expanded dog shelter will be moving next door to you. You might be upset because shut your eyes. What do you think of when you think of a dog shelter? You think of dog runs. You think of dogs jumping around in pens. You think of dogs barking all the time. That's not what we have been or will ever be. This dream is like a park inside. It will be completely surrounded on the perimeter by trees. It will be the most peaceful place, just as our red barn is. When I drive up that driveway, I get happy. And our goal is to make every dog entering that, every volunteer, every person entering that homestead happy and leave happy and save lives. We've ra- we've saved over 3,500 lives already. And just think of what we can do uh, when we get the homestead up and going. It's a multi-phase process. It will take us five years to get to the point where we are fully done, but our first phase is incredibly important because that will bring all of our current dogs in our different facilities together in one spot, which Sarah and I will love because we have to drive them to the vet. But more importantly, we'll also be working with Miami County and three of the major cities in Miami County, Paola, Lewisburg, and Osawatomie, to replace the current really abysmal windowless metal shed that has served as the only pound in the county for the last 40 years. In the last three years, because we went there one day and Jen saw the condition the dogs were living in, we've volunteered staff, food, cleanliness, safety, 12 hours a day for the last three years at no cost to the city or its residents. And that is exactly what we plan to do with the beautiful facility that we are planning to build as the first phase of the homestead. So the first phase will get that dream alive and then keep going. I was also just going to add to that, that it is going to be a beautiful facility and it's also soundproofed. So people are worried about hearing the dogs. You don't hear the dogs right now. Um, When you drive up, you don't hear them barking. We do sometimes hear dogs barking and it's usually from not our property. So the new buildings are going to have soundproofing in them. They're going to be very well insulated. We will have the trees around lined around the whole property. It's all noise reducing. I know that was one of the concerns of some of the people that are opposing us. And with the Oswatomi Pound, that's where we're over right now, correct? True. With that, I've noticed more on the socials of the dogs that come in because of the platform that Always and Forever has on Facebook of being able to say, this is a dog that's come in. It's on a stray hold for seven days that what we have 150 some thousand followers on Facebook. People within that town, hopefully knowing that they can go to the website, see if their dog is missing, if it's been surrendered to the pound, they're able to see it, go get it. And if not, They've already gained awareness from the followers to then get adopted and fostered out faster than without always in forever's presence. So I just think that's an incredible of what we're doing with the dogs within Osawatomi. We also haven't put a single dog down out there since the pounds, since we've taken over the pound. I don't even want to, I don't even know how many were put down before that. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about what happened to them, um, but we haven't had to do that. I'm just so grateful because, again, I'm going to say I came from a small town, so I just connect back to Osawatomie, but this was in New York where I'm from. And I'm on the 
community page and you always see people just posting of like, hey, we saw a dog on this road or hey, we saw this dog, but there is nowhere that they can physically take them unless it's the next town over or into the bigger SPCAs or something like that. And so just to be fortunate enough to have that within the town and then the resources from always and forever to one, not have to put animals down to connect them to the owners, and then three already line up potential fosters and adopters. I can only imagine how much that would change and benefit at the homestead with all these additional resources. But I'm going to go back on what you said, Judy, about community and how one would always forever always does in the community, if you want to touch on that within Spring Hill and Osawatomie, and then what the plan is to support the community at the homestead. We've always tried to really pay back the community, and there's wonderful things going on. Twice a week, dogs of ours go with our volunteers to nursing and assisted living homes. And imagine, if I'm in assisted living 20 years from now, hopefully, I will want to have five dogs with me. That might not be possible, but uh, we have people who love dogs their whole life, and they look forward to our visits. We visit the fire department. We visit the police department. We've, uh, we have two high school ag classes who bring their students to the farm right now for credit classes, and it's, it's amazing this community support that's going on. We focused a moment ago on the fact that we will rebuild the pound for Miami County, but as well, we're really creating and expanding the homestead concept of, of, of the farm. Uh, we'd like the Little Red Barn to return to what it first was, which was a sanctuary for old dogs who may never get adopted, who may live their lives out there, but we'll also have appropriate facilities so we can have the young dogs who need to be running and playing in, in their supervised play yards, and we'll have moms who came in and had puppies there, and we'll have cats, which will be amazing for Beth Woolridge and others and Shelby and all the people who we never mentioned the cats, but we're a big cat community too. We try to get them into every episode. We really do. So it's a dream. And the the, desi- the design work and the, the concept that's gone into this is going to make this not at all the vision that you close your eyes and think of a large dog shelter. It's going to be a, a beautiful, peaceful, happy place. Very secure, very protected. Each barn will have its own yard. Each dog will be out playing. We'll have a perimeter secure fence where other dogs can't wander onto the property, but we'll have a series of trails and between barns, but every barn will have its own very secure privacy, large fences, no dogs outside unsupervised at all times. All dogs go to bed. Those of you who watch our good night videos know all dogs go to bed and they're all tucked in every evening. There are no dogs outside barking at the neighbors. We also do good morning videos too. We do tremendous good morning videos. We don't do them. Jen does the good morning videos. Is there anywhere that listeners can go and see plans of what the homestead would look like? Yes. If you go to our main Always and Forever Midwest Animal Sanctuary Facebook page or website, pinned at the top is a description and a narrative of exactly the the vision that we have presented to the county commissioners that we're going to be talking to next week. And that's the vision we'd like all of your support on. We need you to be aware that there are two meetings coming up. 
If you're anywhere and have had anything to do with us, we want you to send an email letter, very brief, telling why you support Always and Forever and why it's important to the community. If you're a Miami Caddy resident and we don't know how many of you there are out there or you've adopted or fostered one of our dogs and there are thousands of them out there, we need you to come down to the me- our meeting on April 4th in Paola. There'll be an address posted there. Join us. Come early. The meeting is at 7 p.m., but we need to be there very early because we need your support. I've been to similar meetings for city councils where they were prohibiting pit bulls coming into the community, and you get a chance to sign in when you come in and say, I'm a resident and I want to speak. It's one minute, one minute of support, and we need every Miami County resident who hears this to come down and join us. So not only for Miami County, um, we have listeners from everywhere um, around the countries. Sheila, can you share how many countries we have that are currently listening to our podcast? We have, these are the results from our season one, by the way, this is our season two. We are in 47 countries, 779 total cities throughout the world. How can our listeners across the world get involved with April 4th? Sarah? We're asking anybody that can't come to the meetings, or if you can come to the meetings, to send an email to the Planning Commission. You can do that at planning at miamicountyks.org, all together, no spaces or anything. Carbon copy info at alwaysandforever.love so that we know that was received. I know we've already had over 50 that came in today. They need to be in by Monday so that we can get to them to the commission in time. We won't have time for physical letters to get there in time, so really it's just an email. And it's important to put in the header of your email, A and F, comments for planning commissioner board. And it doesn't have to be long. It literally maybe took me five minutes to do a brief write-up of what Always and Forever means to me, how I've been a part of it, and what the homestead would mean to the community. So it does not have to take long, five-minute ask. Just type something up, what Always and Forever means to you, and how the homestead's going to help so many lives. So after the five-minute email, this is just for the first meeting. It's very important to realize that this is multi-step. So we have to get, it's a 100-meter hurdle race. That's what I used to do in high school, one hurdle after the other until we get to the finish line. So this is, we've already gone over a few hurdles to get to this point that we can even have opposition. So that's kind of an accomplishment in itself that we're getting that much momentum. It's huge. And so the next hurdle, Judy, if you want to touch on that. Yes, April 4th will be our first hurdle, and that's finally being able to present our plans to the community who have not really been privy to them before, to the Board of Commissioners. We hope to demonstrate both with the plans that we're showing them, as well as the support from our followers and fosters and adopters, that we're not the dog shelter that you close your eyes and think about When you hear there's a dog shelter moving in your neighborhood, this is a special, special mission. It's a special, special place. None of us would be here if it wasn't. And we need to clear that hurdle. Then on April 26th will be the next meeting. And once we get the recommendations or hopefully approval from April 4th, there's another hurdle to clear on April 26th. So we'll be back 
Keep watching our website and our Facebook page for news. We may need you again, but we need people to understand what everybody in this room understands, that this is not your average shelter, as Jen says. And we'll have another episode in between now and then to give an update on what happened on April 4th. But with that, I think the most important part of the homestead, once all the approvals, fingers crossed, happen, is how it is being funded. And that's why we have brought Shelby in tonight as well. And so we're going to kind of transition over to Shelby now to talk about important events coming up for Always and Forever next month and what we can do to support that. Absolutely. So on May 13th, we will be at the Uptown Theater again this year. So if any of you have been to the gala before or seen it on social media, every year it gets better and better. This year, I promise you, is going to be the same way. Just to let you know, tickets start at $75. And those are, if you've been to the Uptown before, there's some theater style seating in the back. Those $75 tickets do not include dinner. It's a little bit of a later entrance, but you're there for the entire program. Silent auction, live auction, dancing. Yes, we've got our DJ Reggie's back. And your $75 ticket does include unlimited varieties of beer and wine and Penny Lane Punch, which is a vodka drink sponsored by Tito's Vodka, who are amazing supporters of us. So... And then um, I can't give too much away, but we have a very special guest that will be joining us that night. Yes, Sheila knows what I'm talking about. So we have an incredibly special, super secret guest. Because I know people. Well, if Sheila knows them, we're excited. Mm -hmm. I'll give one little hint. This doesn't really narrow it down, but this person is is a Super Bowl champion more than once. So I'm, I'm just going to say that. That gosh, I don't even know who's going to be there. Shelby, can you share what are some raffle items that are going to be Absolutely. So if anybody was there last year, we started a new initiative that is called the Mystery Box. And we only have so many boxes available. They're $50 a box. Now, you must be present to win on that one. But we will have some auction items that can be mailed to you. And also, if someone there agrees to pick up your item for you, you can bid on it. On the site, when the auction goes live, it'll say if you can bid on it from away or not. One thing that you do have to be present for is the mystery box. And this year, it's a trip to Greece. And not only a trip to Greece, but it is a five-bedroom house. Because before, the reason I picked it, exactly, staff retreat. Because before... Before, you know, me, Jen, Jen. me being a, you know, single person, I'm like, these are all for couples. Or I guess I could go by myself. Like last year it was to Italy. Exactly. And I'm like, so now you can go in with a group of friends and all of you buy a box. And if you win, you all agree together. It can house up to nine people. That's even more reason for me to get my children to all buy seats at my table so that mm-hmm. we can all buy boxes and then we can all go to Greece. Hey, the more the merrier. Exactly. Let's go. Exactly. So we'll have that in the silent auction and then some other live auctions. We have a family trip to uh, Orlando. We have uh, Chef Kansas City. I have to give them a shameless plug. They're amazing. Every year they donate to us a five-course meal for 10 people in your house. They come to your house. So that's always a live auction item. So Chef Kansas City, check them out. See what else. We've got someone making a homemade quilt. We've got a couple of um, Kate Spade bags that'll be in there. Someone is uh, making a yard Yahtzee with, instead of numbers on the dice, it'll have some of our very special. Super cool. Exactly. We've got a little bit of something for everybody as far as, you know, trips and jewelry and 
spa treatments and all kinds of other stuff. There's a little bit of something for everybody. Reggie is our DJ. DJ Asylum will be back this year. He was fantastic. And this year is going to be really special. This is our fifth anniversary. So it's going to be, imagine, like giant birthday party slash New Year's Eve. Lots of surprises in there. Lots of, it's going to be a big celebration. So we're going to really be telling the story of Oisin Forever. I don't want to give too much away, but we really are going to be telling our story all night. And then also talking about the future, which of course goes into the homestead. I'm waiting for you to slip up to see who the special guest is so I can decide if I need to make it to my football game that night or come to the gala. Sai, I have so many secrets. I'm real good at keeping secrets. Is that right? (laughs) (laughs) Shelby, what is the goal for fundraising? Depends on who you ask. So we have a very aggressive fundraising goals. Going back to what Sarah and Judy were talking about with the homestead, that first initiative is really going to be about a million dollars. Let's be honest. My goal and, you know, my big goal is a million dollars. As close as we can get to that. I think it's important for people to note that even if you can't be there, we have um, donation amounts as low as $500 where you can sponsor a table. And what that means is you pick a dog or cat and we will decorate and put that dog or cat's picture on the table and decorate it up for you. And just that's $500. Okay. Can you share with our listeners what are the ways or how are the ways that our listeners can donate and get involved with the game. So say they have a business or something like that. Mm -hmm. They want to donate a product or gift certificates. Who should they go to? So if they go to the website is bid pal. So B I D P A L and then a period N E T. So it's bidpal.net and then a backslash and then golden gala 23 is the best way to get there. Um, my email address is on that site as well, Shelby at Oisenforever.love. And they can talk to me because um, if a sponsor donates items, we will recognize them at the cash value, retail value of that item. So, for instance, with, let's say, I'll, I'll put another shameless plug in for another one of our sponsors. Diamonds Direct is always amazing and gives us jewelry for the silent auction. So I recognize them at the dollar amount for that. So even if people donate items and to be able to, you know, for a small business to be able to be thanked on our social media that I'd have to look, but we're gearing up. It's over four. 400,000 followers. We're gearing up on half a million. So the return on investment's great. So for any small business or just supporters of us. So if you can't come, definitely see about a donation or can bid on items for the auction as long as there's somebody to pick it up for you or if it's noted on the site. In years past, because this is the fifth year, how much have we fundraised? I always laugh at the first year. If anybody pulls up to the barn and you see the driveway, the first gala paid for that driveway. So that was our crazy, let's plan a gala in three months fiasco. (laughs) But it worked out great. So every time I pull up to the barn, I'm like, oh, I don't have to dig my car out in the mud. This is going to be amazing. That first year was 30,000. The next year, oh gosh, I should have looked. It was right about 85,000. I'm sure if Jane was here, she would know. But uh, (laughs) Jane's the one that's got all the receipts. She knows. I just plan the party. That one was interesting because literally that's when COVID hit. Like Johnson County, Kansas went into a state of emergency the night before the gala. Probably single-handedly one of the most stressful nights of my life. But we were able to still have the gala because it was considered a private event. Half the people that were supposed to come didn't come. And that was the last night I hugged anybody outside of my family wearing masks for two years. The last time I saw a lot of people for a long time. So we didn't have a gala in 2021. And then last year, I think we raised 
raised. And again, we were still kind of coming out of COVID last year and things, and we raised 87-ish. We do really well, but we really need to make this one really take off. This is, there's a lot, a lot we have going on and a lot of dreams we have. So if we could really do this one up and just make it big, but that's going to take everybody. That's going to take people that can't come, people that can support from afar, and people that can come. So even that $75 ticket goes a long way, and you can come have a few free beverages on us. Well, really on Tito's. Oh, those are special guests. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the number is so important to the purpose of this episode is about the homestead. Do any of you know the final goal of what we need to raise for the overall homestead? Ballpark, because I know you guys aren't over numbers. I think the five-year final five-phase goal is probably right around $10 million. And uh, we're, we're focused very hard on phase one, which is that first big building in our phase and yeah, all the infrastructure, because we have to have driveways, we have to have sewer systems, we have to have electricity. And then as we raise money, We'll set another high hurdle to clear and keep going, but it's a big overall goal. But we have faith. You know, Jen says God is good and we we couldn't do it without him. So when people are asking of other ways they can donate and support, of course, again, if you want to donate, when you go to that BidPal website with the gala, it has a spot where you can just do a donation too. So maybe you can't sponsor. You could donate $20. $20 goes a long way. But also, if you know of any businesses that are either pet friendly or you just think would would get behind what always and forever stands for. If you could just share with them, one of the best things I tell people is to go to our YouTube page and share a couple of the videos with the email that you share out about what we're doing. Because I think we can talk about it all day, but until you actually see the barn and see the animals and see how well they're doing and just how happy they are and loved and supported, I think that's so important. So I would recommend going to our YouTube page or go to the website that takes you to our YouTube page and you can look and see what all kinds of amazing stuff is going on and every little bit helps. But if you've got friends that you think would benefit from being a sponsor for the gala or any other event, we'll have golf coming up to some other stuff as well. So definitely share the word. You never know who might be interested in getting involved. The power of sharing of even if you don't have the monetary value or the connections to do it, you simply just sharing it on your Facebook page. You have no idea your friend that you're still friends with from Facebook, but don't talk to anymore what they're doing with their life and they could see it on their newsfeed. And that's exactly what they're looking for. Attack right off for the company that they're involved in or something along that they've just been looking for where they could put these funds and you had no idea so just share it you never know who's going to see it and that in itself is a great donation to always and forever sarah is there a dog that you would like to feature on our episode i would like to have this for tinsel she's currently living in our camper she is a foster when we moved out of Greeley, she was the only dog that didn't have a place to go uh, so she's been living in the camper with my husband since since February. I'm sorry, your husband's in the camper? Yes. Is he in the It's delightful. Oh. It's delightful. Okay, okay. okay. I, give, I give up. I'll let you have tinsel in that case. But she needs, uh, you know, the camper is not a permanent foster situation. She needs real foster. She is the perfect dog. She can be in there all day. So if you are going to go to work, she is perfect. She has not destroyed a single thing, which I cannot say for most other dogs that have stayed in the camper. She eats our food. She likes to zoom me in the yard. She likes to go for walks. She loves to go for car rides, especially if you take her to Sonic. She loves the ice cream. She's perfect. Shout out she to is, Tinsel. She is dog selective, we think. We are working on figuring out which selective she is. 
Okay, thank you for that. Sheila, you want to close us out? I will close up so now, and I think it's going to be um, a reminder of what our mission statement is, which all five of us in this room believe in, and kind of the background of the homestead and why we're doing what we're doing, and that is our dream is to wake up into a world where every animal, despite age, breed, or health, is treated with kindness, dignity, respect, and most importantly, has been touched with love, even if only for a moment. And so if everyone can just remember that and write the letters to, for our support for the meeting come on April 4th, it'd be greatly appreciated. And as always, it's never too late for a happily ever after.